This will be the difference between seven wins and nine wins on the football field this fall. Plus, you get a commitment, and you get a commitment, and you get a commitment. It'll, oh, it's just fantastic. Great day to be a Rebel. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there. We'll be very thankful. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day, but let's get right to it. The difference in Ole Miss winning nine games and winning seven games comes down to this simple thing, and I finally found the chart that justifies what I've been saying over and over and over again. This is not a situation to where we're talking about which quarterback will win the job because right now the favorite, as we've said for months, is probably Jackson Dart. So we need to talk about maximizing what Jackson does well, minimizing what he doesn't do well, and trying to make the best of it. Now, we still are going to have the quarterback competition there are people that are in Spencer Sanders' camp. There are people in Walker Howard's camp. There are people in Jackson Dart's camp. Throw the quarterback competition out the window for a second. Let's assume that Jackson Dart t- does what he does did in the spring and continues in the fall and wins the job. Now, how does Ole Miss maximize that? And I contend... It is by developing the weak part of his game. Every player has holes in, and criticism about that is not an issue. But for Ole Miss to do exactly what we want them to do, we need to be more effective over the middle of the field. Now, this is from Pro Football Focus, and this shows Jackson Dart splits every 10 yards, either behind the line of scrimmage, that's below the blue line, 1 to 10 yards, that's really right at the line of scrimmage. Over 10 to 20 is the third area, and the deep ball is over 20 yards deep. And if you look between the numbers, the top two um, positions between the numbers, first of all, his deep ball has absolutely got to get better in the middle of the field. I did not realize that that was as low as it was. But 10 out of 33, completing at a at about a 30% clip is not going to get it done. He is most effective yardage-wise that, there, and that is because, honest, honestly, Jonathan Mingo did a really good job in the post-pattern game going down the field. So throwing the post, he was only 10 of 33 last season. Had two TDs, three picks overall. But the one right below that, if you look right below that number, 27 of 56, 510 yards, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Those are the two zones that Jackson Dart really needs to compete at. That zone right behind the linebackers, right in front of the safeties, that is that that zone right there. And if you look at the bottom number, that is NFL-level passing rating numbers. To put that in perspective, Patrick Mahomes had 105 passer rating this season. Now that includes every zone, but you get an idea of what good is. And what you see from this chart, honestly, is that Jackson Dart has a few holes in his game, but if he closes those up, that's the difference between him going in the sixth round 
or an undrafted free agent to an NFL team and being a first-round pick. That's the difference. That's the thing that I noticed whenever I brought up this thing. It's like, man, if you look at the right side of the field, man, Jackson nails it. Towards the line of scrimmage, he nails it. But he has holes in these slight areas. And if we can develop that, if we can do that, a 3,500-yard, 30-touchdown year, not out of the realm of possibility. So if you look at the questions that this Ole Miss team has, you can see it is clear as day on here of what Ole Miss needs to work on. Now, this is exasperated by the fact that the strength of the Ole Miss team right now, because at the time of this recording, it could all change, Ole Miss has not received a commitment from Keon Coleman which without Keon Coleman, the strength of this team will be running backs and tight ends. The middle of the field. You need to find a slot receiver that can do really well there. Jordan Watkins might slide in there. Dayton Wade might slide in there. Even somebody like Caden Lee or J.J. Henry could make themselves indispensable at that position. But the middle of the field becomes the strength of the skilled players of this team. Now, you know, Trey Harris on the outside, especially if he's outside right, he's probably going to do fairly well. But Ole Miss needs to figure out the left side of the field. But the strength of the team and these numbers are concerning, and that's the reason I said the differences between seven wins and nine wins, because for this Ole Miss offense to be effective, they need to use the middle of the field consistently. I mean, it's, it just kind of is what it is. Again, these numbers are from Pro Football Focus. And I hope everybody enjoys that because I, I wanted to find exactly how it is laid out zonally for Jackson Dart. Now, if you look at Spencer Sanders' number and do the same thing, he hasn't been traditionally great in the middle of the field either. And that's just because that's natural. That's because of where players are. Development is going to come there last. It is not a downside. I think Jackson Dart just turned either 19 or 20 years old. Development can happen, but it needs to happen. And we're hoping that Spencer Sanders can push Jackson Dart to do that. We're hoping that Walter Howard can help push Jackson Dart to do that and take that next step. Because if he takes that next step, he has a first-round potential NFL quarterback with his running ability and everything going on. He has all the tools in the world. He just has that one hole that he needs to fix. And unfortunately for this season, that one hole kind of corresponds where Ole Miss is really effective. Now, I expect Ole Miss to throw the ball to the backs out of the backfield. We saw that in the Grove Bowl. Jackson Dart is really good doing that. And that probably takes a little bit of the emphasis off. But when you have a player like Caden Priestcorn, when you have a player like Michael Trigg, I think Caden Priestcorn, I saw something earlier this week where he was the third-rated tight end in the country, and he might not even be the best tight end on the roster. That tells you where Ole Miss sits at the moment there. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best-tasting protein bar out there. It's Built. You have to try this. Seriously, if you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choice, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs, because Built Bars are amazing. Seriously, they're great. And they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you. you got to try this. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. 
You heard me correctly. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait for you to get your box. For years, we've been talking about putting in Locked On 15 in the promo code, ordering from Built.com, and having them delivered to your door. Now you can go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, um, double chocolate or coconut puffs. I highly recommend the double chocolate one. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Really, really good stuff. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will continue to drill deep and do football. And we have special guests lined up potentially this weekend. We're going to keep working on them um, to make sure they come to fruition. But when we get those guests, you will hear from them. We're not going to brag about them ahead of time just in case technology gets us, honestly. Um, So, do that for us as well. We would appreciate it very much. Anyway, the next thing we want to talk about is the commitment rampage that Ole Miss Sports has been under on the last few days. The first one that we want to talk about is Patrick Broomfield. He's a um, player out of Clarksdale. Um, good player. Good player, absolutely. But when you look at him, he's a six foot two cornerback out of Clarksdale High. I think Tremaine McBride, if I'm not mistaken, went to Clarksdale as well. But a really, really good player. Now, anytime you're dealing with Mississippi High School football, you're going to deal with the fact that sometimes throws aren't exactly what they seem. They're not exactly what you want. But he does a good job, and he is a physical defensive back with room to grow out. Absolutely, I should say. I like this pickup. He was a three-star pickup on Rivals.com. I think he has a shot at his fourth star, much like many of the players in Mississippi as the state's talent base has grown. But I think that overall, this is a good fit for Ole Miss. Because you look at their defensive back room, um, they're going to lose DeAndre Prince regardless. I think they might be losing um, Walton. And Saunders as well. So all of the top three may be gone. So almost needs to do well in the cornerback room as well. Now, I like that pickup. I like the fact that Ole Miss is hitting the Delta. I like that Ole Miss is digging deep in Mississippi. They, they're doing a really good job. He seems to be a really popular player on Twitter as well. So it's a good pickup. It's one of those things that, you know, there's a lot that Ole Miss can go and build off of from here. So we'll see exactly what they do it. But Ole Miss football was not done as they also got a commitment from, um, I, let's see, Akello Stone. I, I know I'm probably butchering his um, first name, but I apologize. I put this up here because I found this from the AJC is from when Stone entered the portal. An impactful loss for Georgia Tech. Now, there's going to be people saying, it's like, hey, he's not up at the top of the list of transfer portal acquisitions. We should not get fired up about this. Now, my problem that I have with people over this and that have that mindset, 
they're the same people that are all going all upset because of the loss of Taiwan Malone or David Sigmundson. You can do potential on one side when you lose them. You can talk about potential. But whenever they come in, you need to just talk about execution. Which, that doesn't correlate. I'm, I'm a, definitely a person. Let's, let's do apples to apples. And he was rated by Georgia Tech this spring as their number one defensive lineman. And whenever you're bringing in that defensive lineman, as a depth piece, which we told you about last year, because J.J. Pegues is going to be the number one at that position, you're bringing in somebody to compete with Jamon Gordon to make the totality of that room a little bit better. This commitment was an absolute win. This commitment was an absolute important move for Ole Miss football. It is a one-for-one situation. I was talking with Tom Vanderford on Twitter this weekend. We talk all the time. And Lane Kiffin is absolutely a one-for-one coach. You lose a defensive lineman, go find a defensive lineman. You lose a defensive back, go find a defensive back. It is a one-for-one type proposition, even if they're looking for the best players in the room. Now, players like quarterbacks and all that. They're building those up like absolute crazy. And there, there was a visitor on the week, on, um, this weekend from Louisville that's in the transfer portal that we'll talk about tomorrow. Um, but as it stands now, this was a big pickup for Ole Miss football. I don't care what anybody says. Needs to be able to spell J.J. Pegues. Needs to be able to push Jamon Gordon. Because we want that defensive line to be a better version of itself. And if this staff, Lane Kiffin, Pete Golding, any of that views any player on the defensive line as better than what they lost, or even better than what they have, they need to bring them in. Period. End of story. That's just the way it goes. And we'll see exactly how that handles as well. I mean, good stuff. I like the idea. I think it's a Kello stone. We'll see exactly what happens there. But, yeah, here's the article again. I don't know if I put it up. I just wanted to put it up so everybody can see it. AJC calls it an impactful loss for Georgia Tech football with Stone entering the portal. Stone to Ole Miss, that shows you. I think it can work. He's 6'2", 280 pounds. I've seen, I've seen 250 online. Um, and I think that might be going off of his recruiting profile back in the day. But he was 280 um, listed by Georgia Tech because that's what that's from. That was from the Georgia Tech roster. So we'll see exactly how that goes as well. Now, when we come back, we will shift gears and go to basketball because Ole Miss had a little bit of a day in basketball as well as the commitments kept coming and coming and coming. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote, comment, all of that stuff. Join our subtext community. Now, I don't get information inside a lot. I live in Central Florida. I'm, I don't think I've hidden that from anybody. 
Um, but when I do, the subtext community gets it first. And sometimes they, people reach out for me and they give predictions and what's going on. And especially in the age of the transfer portal, it's honestly important to listen to that. But the hit rate might not be that good. For instance, we'll say that a, a whole bunch of people all of a sudden, like the Andy Taylor kid from Marshall, I saw a done deal post for a week on that one. And it didn't make sense because there were people making it that didn't normally make posts like that. So I kind of paid attention to what was going on. Taylor ended up going to Mississippi State, so I was right to lay off on that. Um, but the point is, in the age of the transfer portal, the hit rate is not good from these college players going to other places. Whenever they go through their high school recruitment, it's just a different animal than when they go through this transfer portal recruitment. And I'm not judging anybody that has said anything about this and about anyone because it's hard, it's difficult, and you don't really have the staff and infrastructure put into place that you have for high school recruiting. So it's going to be difficult. That's one of the reasons people are railing so much about the transfer portal because it's hard. It requires more work. You just added a ton to their plate. It just, it kind of is what it is. Now, I say all that to say this. One of the players that I started to hear rumblings about the couple of days ago, now nothing concrete and nobody was willing to say that this was a done deal or anything like that, was Musa Cisse out of Oklahoma State. He's a former five-star signee with the University of Memphis. But Cisse went to Oklahoma State and is now going to transfer to be back closer to home because I think he's um, a Lausanne High School. If I butchered the name of that pronunciation, uh, I apologize. But Lausanne and Memphis, so he's coming back closer to home. Cissé is a seven-foot-one um, center. If you take him and Jamarian Sharp, Ole Miss has two players over seven foot, which is a rarity for Ole Miss basketball. Now, I say all that to say this. There's a big situation coming up. There's two things that we need to talk about that are nuggets that are about to come up in the next two tweets that I need to talk about. First of all, this is from Jeff Goodman, who often breaks stuff about Ole Miss basketball. Ole Miss lands Oklahoma State transfer Musa Cisse. Cisse and Jamarian Sharp together on up front will be um, interesting. Now the question, where the NCAA give these multiple-time underground transfers waivers. Chris Beard has Brandy Murray and Cissé who will try to get waivers. That's an interesting situation. I don't like that meters, um, whenever Ole Miss does something, Ole Miss somehow becomes the test case for all this. So they're trying to draw a line in the sand with Ole Miss needing waivers. They need to worry about waivers to other schools because the NCAA shouldn't do anything about that, honestly. We'll see exactly what happens with him going to Ole Miss at the moment. Now, if we talk about Jeff Borzello, he is an ESPN insider. Ole Miss has now landed arguably the best interior defenders in the portal in Musa Cisse and Jamarian Sharp. The Rebels are a point guard away from cementing a, post, a preseason top 25 spot. And that was off the quote tweet announcing that Cisse is going to Ole Miss. Now, I say all that to say this. 
Ole Miss basketball is in a unique position. I do think they need a point guard, and I do think they're still working and trying to recruit one. Now, Nunez came in. He is a point guard. He fills that role as well. They also have a TJ Caldwell that has a lot of experience playing that position, but he's more of a combo guard kind of to begin with. I think there's a player out of Utah Valley that Ole Miss is recruiting that kind of fits that point guard realm. We'll see exactly what happens as well. But Ole Miss as a team has a chance to be a preseason top 25 team after what we just saw. That is called the Chris Beard effect. That is called everything that we've been interested in happening. Everything that we've talked about. Ole Miss is essentially one type player from getting into that conversation. Now, we're not talking about top 10 Ole Miss, but we're talking about competitive Ole Miss. We're talking about NCAA tournament Ole Miss, and that is a big step for men's basketball. Chris Beard is doing a heck of a job, and it'll be interesting to see exactly how he does. Now, we're pretty fired up, and we will continue following that and seeing if Ole Miss can find that point guard because this basketball construction is kind of becoming interesting. Ole Miss is already at the point with the transfers they brought in. It's eight players, right? That's about the that's about the rotation of a low lower level team, right? You like to go ten, but eight is kind of where it kind of ends up at the end of the year. Ole Miss is about at seventy two points per game in those eight players coming into Ole Miss. There are many games that happened last year where Ole Miss was in the high fifties and low sixties. Chris Beard is helping the offense. That is the point there. All right, test it. as you saw today, we've been testing out a new shot that we're working for football season. We're checking to see if my system can do it. If there's a problem, I apologize for it. We'll keep our eyes open for transfers as Ole Miss moves forward. Basketball-wise, we'll keep working on the off-season interviews that we have been um, trying to get. And we will keep talking about football and drilling down on areas that Ole Miss needs to improve in to get to the level that we all want Ole Miss football to get to. And before I get out of here, I do want to say this as well. I need to bring up Twitter real quick. So just bear with me because I do want to talk about this. And on May 27th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., um, Jared Ivey will be having the Jared Ivey Elite Skills Camp in Gwinnett High School and North Gwinnett High School in Georgia. If you are interested in doing that, do that. Um, good people. Miss Tracy does a she's a fantastic friend of the program. Um, but we have it scheduled to where Jared should be on the show in the next couple of days, and he is going to be talking about that Elite Skills Camp. So if you have somebody of age and you're looking for a football camp in Georgia with Ole Miss ties because there are Georgia people all over the place, North Gwinnett, North Gwinnett, Jared Ivey will have an elite skills camp and it's an opportunity for somebody that is a high-level Division I FBS athlete to be something for your kids you know he can build them up he can do whatever he needs to do he can talk about the nuts and bolts of the position but the jared ivy elite skills camp is may 27th from 9 a.m 
to 3 p.m. at North Gwinnett High School. Like I said, when we talk to Jared, um, we will also kind of figure out some of the nuts and bolts and all this. But this will be a good avenue for Ole Miss fans that are looking for a way to connect to their program. Honestly, really cool that Jared's getting to do this. So support him. Jared Ivey Elite Skills Camp, May 27th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at North Gwinnett High School. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Anyway, thank you so much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to keep drilling down on football. We're trying to get to where we want to get, and that is going to require us to drill down and kind of figure out what the root problems are happening. As we did today, Jackson Dart does not have many holes in this game. If you look at the chart, not many there. There's still a couple of places that he needs to work on, but we'll see exactly what happens there. Anyway, thanks a lot, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Hotty toddy.